Hey y'all, so this is the second half of the Lindsay Walks Live show. I recorded a much longer introduction for the first half, so if you don't have that, look in your podcast feed or go to lindsaywalks.com. Let's get to the live show already in progress. So it looks like someone's got a question already to go, so so let's do it. Yeah, Lindsay, uh, I was wondering, you were out there all by yourself a lot, a lot of time. Um, what was the scariest thing that happened while you were out there? So... If people had listened to the podcast or I didn't really post it on Facebook because I didn't want to scare a lot of people. But um, I'm sure if you listen to the podcast, you've heard this story. But I was chased by a man who was hiding in the woods and it was on the Silver Comet Trail, uh, 12 miles from the Alabama border in Georgia. And it was like the beginning of my trip. I had, you know, I was like a state, actually I was almost in Alabama, so I was like two states in, I was still kind of fresh. Uh, I had been taken in by a lot of people, so, you know, I had been kind of babied, if you will. And I was coming around this corner, and all of a sudden, about 40 yards away, this guy steps out from behind a tree, and then steps back when he saw me. And I was like, and he wasn't wearing like hiking clothes, he wasn't just taking a piss or anything. So, (laughs) I was like, um... This is this is weird. Like I don't feel comfortable and my gut literally stopped my feet from walking. Like it wasn't that I mentally stopped, my body just stopped and I started walking backwards. And I started like where's my mace? Where's my knife? I had been given a metal baton by the person I last stayed with, which was great. So I grabbed that and put it on top of the cart. Um but I also knew that I was so far away from help because there was no houses. The closest house was like two miles back and 55 acres away. And I had to crawl under barbed wire fences and it would have meant I had to leave all my stuff, which means my $5,000 camera, my $1,500 computer, like every, all my pictures, everything that, you know, I was kind of guarding, everything I owned was in that cart, everything I needed. So like, do I leave that and then like go to this farmhouse where this guy might actually live? Like, this is his weird basement where you like, you know, like, I'm going to be on Dateline. <laughs> so I called Tim and I was like, why am I doing this? Like, this isn't worth dying for. I wish I was home in bed with you and the dogs. And he's like, you need to call the police, not me. <laughs> I was like, but what if he was just taking a pee? <laughs> you know, he's like, that doesn't sound normal. And your body's reacting. And I was like, okay, what I'm going to do, I'm going to turn around. And I was, you know, kind of breathing heavy and he was really nervous. Poor him. He's in Massachusetts and I'm doing this to him. And I didn't call my mother because I knew if I was going to survive, she would kill me. So I was like, I'm not going to call my mom. I'll call her when everything's fine. <laughs> so I turn this bend, I put my flag down, and I I kind of like kneel down and I see him. He thought that I couldn't see him anymore and he comes out from the woods and just starts like chasing after me. And I was like, okay, here we go. And so I just took off running and I never ditched my stuff and I had to run. And these were three massive hills that I had just come over. It was the end of the day. It was dusk and I called the cops, but I knew it would take them about 17 minutes to get to me just from my calculations of how far I was and how fast they might walk over these hills. And um, I got to the top of the second hill for the second time. And I actually stopped running and I stood there with the mace in one hand 
the baton and the other, and I waited for him to kill him. I was like, I can't run anymore. This is the best vantage point. Like, I didn't hear his footsteps for a bit. And I said, I don't know if he's hiding in the woods, but I'm going to mace him. I'm going to crack him with the baton, and I'm going to slit his throat. And I just stood there, and I waited. And it felt like two minutes that I stood there. It was probably like three seconds, but I was ready. Um, And then I didn't hear anything, so I ran down that hill. And as I started up the next hill, I see two police officers coming over the crest. And I just burst out crying like, oh, my God, I'm safe. You know, and they were like, "Uh, are you Lindsay? I've got like a knife and like mace in my hand. I'm like, oh, God, yeah, sorry. You know, (laughs) they're like, who's the threat? (laughs) But uh, and then they brought me back to a motel and everything was fine, mom. (laughs) I remember you telling me about that when we talked after that. And I think uh, at that time, you you left out the part about uh, contemplating murder. Right. <laughs> so uh, this is something that you all are hearing for the first time. Um, <laughs> oh, <didn't>, okay. <laughs> but, um, but at the time, like, I mean, this is something that you've always said was the scariest moment. Yeah, absolutely. Hands down, yeah. And after I heard it at the time, I, my what I thought was like... Uh, Lindsay is going to be fine for the rest of this trip because like, I just have this like picture in your mind of like, like you see this guy and he's chasing after you and you're running away with him and you've got this entire cart full yes. of stuff. Never ditched you, my that shit. You're pushing. Yes. He's chasing you. You're calling Tim and pushing the cart. Oh yeah. And I like threw the phone down and Tim was just listening to me like, <sighs> yeah. And I was like, if that guy caught up to her, he would be dead yeah. because, uh, Clearly, he was no match for... Yeah, I got this. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, I... Yeah. Well, I was scared. I was definitely scared. And then I had to not be scared. Yeah. And it was a good... It was a good... It was a good... It broke me in. Well, I was curious, though. Like, so... Because um, this was also before you had Thena. Yes. Thena the dog. Yes. And I'm guessing, you know, I would think that once you have a dog, people maybe give you a little bit of a wider berth. Uh, absolutely. Uh, every time I was in like a city, um, a lot of like street people, homeless people, whatever you want, whatever politically correct word you want to use, um, would actually come up to me and say, is your dog nice? Can I pet her? I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Or I was like, no, she's really mean. You know, like you just kind of. But um I actually go back in my head over and over about that day and I question, would I still have, would I have kept going and and cross his path if I had her? And I think I probably would have, which may have ended poorly or I would have just gotten to my motel on time and everything would have been fine. I didn't have to put in those extra three miles up those awful hills. Um, But I did find out a couple months later that a woman, a guy was hiding in the woods on the Silver Comet Trail in the same area and chased her down on the path with a gun and was shot by the cops. So, yeah. Was it the same person? I. You can't tell, right? I don't. I mean, I had my own description in my mind and I'm going to say no. But it's not, it wasn't a safe place. And women had been raped and one girl was raped and murdered in the town that I was in when I was chased. So, not the safest place. Do you, yeah. (laughs) What town, someone asked? Cedar Town, Georgia. 
which the cops are great and there's really great people there, but that was just one bad experience. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, I mean, there's kind of a larger question that I've kind of wondered about uh, as we look at the adorable dog. Hey, puppy. Yes. Have a milk bone. Um, How we keep, it's really easy to train a starving dog. I don't know how to think about this exactly, but you know, the fact that you're a woman traveling by herself across the country. And I mean, also, you know, to even bring rice into it, like being white as opposed to, I think one of the books that you read before you left was by a cross country traveler who was uh, African American. Oh, planet Walker, John Francis. Yes. Yes. I don't know. You do. I think gender makes a difference and race. Yeah, or yeah, how do you think that affected Definitely your experience of it? Definitely the fact that I was a girl. Um, and, you know, I was like, hi. Uh, no, I did. I think being a female, more people are actually worried about me. I think that, you know, that father-like thing happened with more strangers or uh, like you, my daughter's your age kind of thing. Um, versus, and plus all these like guys that are crossing the country, they like let their beard grow out. And so they kind of look intimidating and I uh, brush my teeth and floss every day and, you know, like braided my hair and, you know, maybe slapped a little eyeliner on. So I tried, and even if I hadn't showered for five days, I did my best work. Yeah. You, you took eyeliner with you? Yes. I had, I, I actually had, uh, I ran out of, I, I had two makeups with me okay i had a little eye like bag concealer and eyeliner and i was running out in idaho and this woman who was like a trail angel was like well is there anything you need we're headed to idaho she wants to go to sephora and i was like oh you're going to sephora i'm totally out of eye concealer that would be great because you're taking all these selfies and pictures all the time like everybody wants you to post on facebook it's like i gotta yeah you guys are getting valuable information tonight um, just saying. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, yeah, and the other thing is that you left. Um, I think. Oh, you said November thirteenth. That, that's when I started walking. Yes. Right. And driving on the tenth, so like two days after the election. Yeah, the election was November eighth in two thousand sixteen, and then less. Yes. You know, obviously, you were not planning to leave. You. When you were planning this trip out, you weren't like, okay, so Donald Trump will get elected, and then... And then I'm going to go to the South. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll just go to South Carolina and head west. I love the, Yeah, yeah. That sounds great. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know who is going to win, but I think I was actually happier that he won being a from the deep blue Massachusetts in the South. Uh, there was no anger towards me because who they wanted won. Right. Versus well, the yeah. opposite. I genuinely felt that, hey, all right, you guys won, so no reason to be mad at me. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I guess I'm saying I'm a little bit blue. Yeah. Well, right. Like you would, I mean, um, for people who haven't listened to the podcast, uh, like early on, I remember you you stayed at that fire station. Yeah. Some pictures. Oh, yeah. And that guy there, um, and you are not. I religious? Mean, is that, yes, yeah. not religious. No, I just wasn't. Yeah, it just wasn't ever a part of my life. Right, and this guy was a, a preacher of some kind. Yeah, some kind. This is the first person, but not the last, to give you a Bible. Yeah, not the last. Um, or the Book of Mormon, or yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he um, he asked you if you had heard of the Antichrist. Yes, 
And I said, yeah, his name is Donald Trump. Because he had brought me this hot meal, but kept talking to me, and I just wanted to eat it, but it was, like, rude, and then he said that, and I was like, yeah, Donald Trump, maybe he'll leave now. And he said, he's our savior. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a long night. So again, And I didn't have any wine. This was a dry county, because they don't believe in alcohol there. What a, what a just to take a little side note, like, one of the enduring pleasures of talking to you on that trip was, like just how disgusted you were with every state where the beer was... Uh, 3.2. Yeah. <laughs> not into it. It's not beer. No. It was just like calories. It was more like eating bread. But you would have these discussions with these people, you know, with, with people who had completely different views from you. Yes. And it's, you know, and like he still let you stay in his... In uh, the firehouse, In the yeah. firehouse. He didn't kick and, me out, yeah. You know, and he gave you a Bible, which yeah. is... I, I remember your response to the Bible was like, do you have a smaller edition? Do you because have, like, <laughs> the greatest hits? Because you're carrying it across the country. Right. It's like, it's like a lot. For the book. It's a large book. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it. I think it was just the New Testament, so it was a little smaller. Okay. But yeah. yeah. That's, Still, I that's more reasonable. That's smaller. Um, you know, this is another example of where I'm like, I would be dead in two weeks because <laughs> I can't imagine that I could pull off that conversation and be friends so much i mean it was it was definitely i feel like up here we don't talk to each other like unless you're at church together we don't talk about um what hey jake are you a christian um i was walking down route 66 and a man just rolls his window down like do you know jesus christ and i was like no like he died a long time ago. like definitely not and he didn't think it was funny and drove to his house, picked up some sort of like kid's Bible so that I, you know, it was like a Bible for dummies. I know you want more milk bones and um, came back and was like, um, hey, this is for you. And we had a 30 minute conversation about Jesus. Yeah, but what, what did you say? He actually said to me, are you one of them liberals reading all the propaganda on the television? Like, and I was like, sure, whatever works for you. You know, I was like, I don't really, Oh, he was very nice. He actually bumped into another cross country walker who I met Wes, uh, who was also doing route 66. And he did the same thing. Like, you know, Jesus, I guess he does it to everybody on route 66. And Wes said, I do. And he's like, you know, I met this girl couple weeks ago and uh, man she was difficult I was trying to bring her to Jesus he's like yeah that's not gonna happen <laughs> I walked with a guy with a cross a 75 pound cross like if that wasn't gonna do it <laughs> that, okay so the the man with the 75 pound cross so this is this Donald? is one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is one of the like he was walking. I don't know if he was walking across the entire country, but he was a long distance walker. And my favorite thing about that was like one of your first questions to him is like, do you wish that you had picked a smaller cross? Yeah, I actually was like we were in it. We were like at a gas station. They had like a little one. And I was like, I got this for you. You can ditch that other one. And, and his answer, my recollection was like, yeah, totally. I would, you know, I didn't realize I was going to be doing this this long. Well, yeah, he had, he's actually walked across Oklahoma a couple times. That's his home state. Um, 
and with that cross, but then he decided to go cross country, but he likes to take rides. Like he's like, I got to spread the word. Right. Um, but like, it's, do I remember right that it was also like a spreading awareness of PTSD thing or was that? Yeah, he was a vet. Yes. Uh, he had, we did talk. He had some serious PTSD. Um, he had told me some stories that I could never, he actually was not religious until he was a Marine. And mm -hmm. then, uh, actually found God after being in war and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of feel like, particularly like towards the beginning, you would have these conversations and it sort of reminds me of that little excerpt that I played earlier where you're like, you know, I see these houses in the middle of nowhere and I'm like, who are these people? What do they think? Right. Uh, by the, de by the end of the trip, I definitely feel like you would kind of had enough of those conversations perhaps. He, All right, so just sorry for the recording. The question was, why was he carrying the cross? Was he a penitent tender? What was the deal? So he, uh, God, so I'm really, oh, I just said, oh, God. Um, he, I'll be there. <laughs> Don't you worry. Yes. Uh, so he, to my recollection, was he thought Jesus was coming back and. Yeah. And so you had to whoever his followers were, were the only ones that would be saved. That he would rise again. Those are the words. So Jesus will rise again. And and that's in the Bible. And uh, so. Was he, was he John the Baptist? No, 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 no. Nothing like that. He was, no, he's a total like Marine, like drank some tequila with me kind of guy. But um, he was, no, he just, he really found religion after going through a lot of PTSD. And then said, Jesus put it across on my heart to walk across America. But he never made it. I asked a lot of questions and he got very frustrated with me because I'm that type where I'm like, hey, you know, like I'm open to anything you want to hear or anything you want to tell me. But why do you believe this? And he just kind of got frustrated with me. Like, why won't you just accept Jesus? And I was like, OK, sorry. Um, but no, he was I think he was just he it was more visual and he was just trying to, you know, get he was just trying to introduce Jesus Christ to as many people as he could. I tried to carry what he was carrying and uh, I had a hard time. Like I put his pack and his cross on and um, yeah, which I understand why I took a bunch of rides and yeah. And why he didn't finish. Cause yeah. Oklahoma. yeah. One of the things I took away from uh, our discussions is that backpacks are the work of the devil. Yeah. They just, they Sciatica, just kill your back. 10 years later. Yeah. Um, that's why you use the cart instead yes, of Yes, which I read about before I decided to walk across the country because I did my homework. Mom, believe it or not. <laughs> for once in my life, I did some homework. No, I just didn't know if he did it as a form of suffering. I mean, was that happy? I think it was visual, genuinely, because even one guy who I think they must have been Mormon stopped and was like, you know you don't have to suffer like this. He actually was more religious than the guy I was walking with. And he's like, this isn't what Jesus meant when he said, you know, put the cross. Yes. He was like, this isn't what he meant. And it was like, a, I was like, oh, this is interesting. Can you take the little cross now? You know, and. Uh, <laughs> well, I kind of feel like, you know, like you, you had your way, you know, you, you were able to meet people like your cart kind of served that purpose. But also just like going in and, and yeah. talking to people of, you know, whereas like if you've got this giant cross again people are going to stop okay. and ask people you never what the hell you're doing stopped asking yeah and they just threw money at the guy too <laughs> here's some money you're carrying it was crazy i was like eh. i was like i don't need anything i'm good yeah so the question was how do you how do you manage money 
on the road. Uh, I didn't manage it well because I just spent. Uh, I was like, I'm having filet and a bottle of wine. Like I, when I was, I just wanted to uh, have the time of my life. You can't take it with you. And I, every day I was like, I get hit by a truck tomorrow. Um, I have found to me that money is is less important than, I don't know. Like, yes, am I working seven days a week right now to make money? Yeah, but it's so that I can, like, live on the side of the road again. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I did, I noticed that, at, and I thought that this partly, part of the reason might have been that you were kind of running low on your savings, that as say, things went on, you were more willing to accept, like, if someone offered, at the yeah. beginning, if someone offered you money and you would say no, and yeah. by the end, if anyone offered yeah, you. Yeah, and some people were very forceful. I mean, I probably never took more than $200 from people the whole time, and I know people that have, could get, like, five grand or ten grand walking across the country. Um, like, if they have a GoFundMe page and it goes viral or whatever, or they're doing it for a cause, a lot of people do it for a cause. Uh, I did it because I can. Um, and I was on it for me. It was very selfish. You know, I was quitting my job. I was leaving Tim and my dogs and everything else and was just like, bye. Uh, so I didn't want people to, I, you can help me by putting me in your house and giving me food, but I don't want your money. So we should, we should actually wrap this up pretty soon, but it, I wonder, you had a question. Oh, sorry. Oh yeah. Does, does someone have a question? So, um, I am wondering, um, when you wake up in Marlboro, now, um, cause you had mentioned the expired like salad dressings and the conditioner. Um, so I imagine some of that feels like very much the same, but I'm wondering like within you, like what's different as you're waking up in that environment today being back. I mean, sometimes it's hard. It feels like it didn't happen cause it does feel like a dream. Like it was so amazing that it feels like it was a movie that you watched. Like I genuinely feel like that whole time was just a movie, like a really great movie that I watched. Like, damn, that girl had fun, you know? Um, and then even when I was making the slideshow, I was like, wow, like this is kind of cool and amazing what I did. But yeah, when I wake up um, and I'm like, oh, I have to go to work. I kind of am like, ah, like you're going to be fine. Like you used to walk 20 miles a day. Um, but at the same time, I'm in these boxes again and, it's, it's not easy. I mean, sometimes I'm like, this isn't worth it. Or like, why am I working again? You know, I don't want to work. I just want to be out there. But, you know, you have to be realistic about things too. Just looking at your pictures and all of us that were watching them, it really struck me how you got to down to earth, homey people. Because I was thinking if I was out there, like, man, I'd be getting the people in the castles and the nice dresses and all that. You had the salt of the earth people. Mm -hmm. And that really struck me as I watched that. And I did stay in some mansions. And some of the nicest people were like, yeah, we're like two or three percenters. Um, but mostly like, so when I was biking back, Tim was driving through the same neighborhood as me and as I was biking through. And he was like oh, man, I'm sorry you had to go through that bad neighborhood. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, that neighborhood you just went through. And I was like, oh, I don't really see bad neighborhoods anymore. Because when I biked through it, no matter how poor it was, everyone was like, hey, look at that girl pulling the dog, like high fives and like 
you go girl. You know, like I never felt threatened. I felt more lifted up. And so like, to me, there are no bad neighborhoods. I mean, okay, don't get me wrong. There's a couple of places where I was like, yeah, I don't want to sleep here another night, but there are no bad neighborhoods because even though it's a bad neighborhood, it doesn't mean that there's bad people in it. It just might mean that there's poverty or, um, other things. And I learned that that was something I, I was scared walking through certain neighborhoods in the beginning. And at the end I was like, like, people like, hey, girl, I got half a Subway sandwich. There's like a bite taken out of it. Like, you look hungry. And I'm like, or hey, I have, give her your $5. Open up your wallets, you know? And like, they're throwing money. So uh, I, I, maybe it's a bad neighborhood, but there's no bad people in it. You just, yeah. All these people that you've met, and and I listened to a lot of your podcasts and kept in touch, um, you were in touch with, are you still in touch with many of these people? Absolutely. Um, I mean, most of them on Facebook today were wishing me good luck. Please do Facebook Live. Like, we all, I'm like, yes, it's going to be, you know, we're doing a podcast. You'll hear it. Um, yeah. I went back, photographed a wedding of some of the people I stayed with. I talked to these Oklahomies, as I call them, my girls, uh, weekly. I talked to Logan, the kid I walked with for five weeks. I mean, we, our relationship ended not great. But then when he was finishing his trip, it was like best friends again. Because when you go through what we went through together... There's no way that you don't like have love and respect for that other person. And so even when I wanted to like smother him a little bit and his feet smelled like death, like, ugh. but like I was able to really like on like certain days I was like, wow, like he's a really good kid and he can be a really great man. Maybe he should take my advice when talking to women. But like, you know, um, so but yeah, but just there, there really is, there's good in everyone. And yeah, I stay in touch with, yeah, just about everybody. Uh, as, as the people that really had the biggest impact on me, which is a lot of people. Like I spent a lot of time now on my phone talking to people. <laughs> with all the people you met and all the conversations you had, was there anything that really stands out in your mind that like changed about your perception of like like preconceived notions that you went in with about America or places or people that through your conversations you were kind of... Yes. I thought being, I guess, not from the north or whatever, like I never, you know, I, I, I've always thought that people are kind and that we all have, we can always find something good about um, each other. But I was with people with completely, completely different like religion, political, like race, everything, every difference. And... It never came up. It was never like negative. It was always this like amazing, positive environment. Uh, 98% of the time I was taken such good care of. And I think I expected like a 50, 50. Um, I expected, you know, I don't know, hostility or the only hostility I ever got was from people driving cars who had to slow down to go around me. But, um, the kindness of strangers was one of the most amazing things. But yeah, I think the best thing that came out of it was this guy was like, what are you going to do now? And I said, doesn't matter. He's like, well, I'm like, because if I can do this, I can do anything. And like, that's really, that's something I never thought I might say was that like, 
come on, let's do it. Yeah, I'll sleep next like to the interstate. You actually are. Yeah, like I didn't think I was going to be sleeping on the interstate, like with trucks whizzing by me with like food poisoning, hiding behind a sage bush. Like, no, I did not. But I was just like, just another day. You know, I, it was just, it was just another day. It was just another obstacle. I think for like the every one of us like observing, especially given the political climate of the country at the time. Yes, it was. Hearing all the negative, it was so nice to see your stories of kindness. Yeah. It like, well, it's like, okay, with all this negative, there is still hope out there. Yeah. And like, there is still goodness and yeah. kindness. And and I noticed that too. I was getting a lot of messages from people saying like, oh my God, like I was ready to delete my Facebook account. Like my sister voted this way and I voted that way. I stayed in a house where um, a family was broken up over the election, literally like a brother and sister never talked to each other again. And so I was like, you know, listening to him talk about he won't talk to his family. And this is a 52 year old man, you know? And I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty intense, you know? But on Facebook, I would never, I, I mean, I put up a couple bad things that happened, but I was always trying to be like, guys, look at how amazing everybody is. Like, the, I mean, just a guy who saw me on the road for a couple of days when it was cold was like, hey, I've seen you the last couple of days. I bought you these new gloves. Like, you must be freezing. Like, hey, I have Gatorade for you. I saw you yesterday. Or two homeless guys tried to give me their meal that came off the like charity truck. They were like, oh, sweetheart, like they just, you missed the truck. Like here, have ours, two guys. And I was like, no, no, like I had plenty of food in my car. I was like, no, but two people who had nothing and wait for that meal every day offered me their hot like meal. And I was like, what? People who couldn't scrape $10 together were feeding me dinner, giving me their bed to sleep in and wash like bathed Thena. Well, we thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know it gave me hope. So thank you for okay. your journey. <laughs> You're welcome. So I, I've been listening and trying to catch up and uh, kind of in a similar vein, you, you went to three very different parts of the United States with the South and the West and the Pacific Northwest. Uh, but you got a very granular look at, at the changes in the borders between those places. And I'm wondering if you found anything unifying across the country? Because it, it's easy to think, you know, we live in a little bubble in the Northeast. Uh, what What was your takeaway from like, what is America? Like, that's the big question. We all need food. We all need water. Uh, we all sometimes need shelter. And at the end of the day, I think every person I came across realized that for me and was open. Everyone opened their heart, their mind, and their ears. If you just stop and let the other person, you know, explain or, like, if you just listen and if you just open your heart and are willing, everybody is good. There's good in that guy that was chasing me, I'm sure. <laughs> I don't want to find out what it was, but like, in honestly, even today, so like I might, you know, be at work and really not like a customer, like, what is, you know, like, ugh, have some patience. But then I try to think like, maybe they walked 20 miles today and had a tractor trailer truck, like just throwing sand in their face all day, you know? So I, I try to kind of give everybody, if we, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, ugh. No, I think that. I'm trying to be philosophical for you, but I'm not, uh, <laughs> just the, there's kindness in all of us. And if we take kindness over everything, I think this world would be 
so much better. And if we don't focus on the negative things or the things that separate us and we focus on the things that actually bring us together, we're going to be fine. But uh, we need to focus on what we have in common and it's humanity and kindness and food, water, and shelter. So, um, I want, well, I want to thank a few people here, like, uh, my, our parents, yes. Dick and Chris, uh, provided the food and, um, Lauren helped organize it. And there are some volunteers whose names I forget who have helped. And thank you for like weekly doing the podcast. I mean, that would, nobody here would have heard the stories. I would have just like, I don't know, you, you let America hear my story. And if it wasn't for you, that wouldn't have happened. And people all across America got to hear my story because of you. And it was your idea. Well, I'll tell you, Lindsay, I mean, I don't think I've ever, I've ever said this, uh, to you, but like, you know, I mean, I've known you since you were like, what, 16 or something. Fif- yeah. 15 four, or 16. 15, yeah. Um, you know, so 20 years. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> So I know you, but like we see each other at Christmas, like we right. see each other, you know, once every few months or something. I talk to you more than I talk to anyone from home, Pro- like for the amount of time. Yeah. Like per week. And I would so say. like it was kind of this funny thing, you know, like when you're like Lindsay's leaving for a year. Here's an opportunity to get to know her better. Months. Yeah. Yes. Sure enough. Yeah. And but that's just, that's kind of what I thought. And it's oh, been yeah. it's been great talking to you. And uh, yes, you know, I, like in the little pre-interviews at the very beginning before you left you know everyone said that they thought you could do it and we were all right and yeah uh, that's well amazing. my family was but other people yeah no, some people yeah but i remember like yeah you were like you'll be f-. you had this really weird like oh you'll be fine like you kind of like brush it off your shoulder and i remember my sister saying word for word if anyone can do it it's you yeah i was and, like, like you were like yeah obviously she's fine um and, and like those things stayed in my head though on bad days, you know, they did. Well, good. And I told people that you guys said that. So yeah. Yeah. We were right. Yes. Suck it, everyone. We were, yeah. Um, so that's it. Thank, thank you all for coming out. This has been great. Uh, it's great to do this in front of everyone. And I really appreciate you coming out and supporting this. So tune in every week to hear her stories along the way. As Lindsay walks across the USA. 